when I was explaining it to Mary Lane was, I don't know if any of you guys have ever donated blood perhaps, or you had to go for a blood test, and uh, they normally put that machine key around you and they pump up your veins and they stick this, this needle into the biggest vein that they can find. And, uh, and, and then, yeah, they draw from there or put in food if you need something and they put it in the vein. And while I was praying, I felt that that is how that I feel that there's a vein of the Lord flowing. And I feel that we need to be in there. We need to tap into that. Now, um, there was a kind of a blessing, but in disguise, it shouldn't be like that. But Mary Lane, when she was giving birth to Nathan, uh, she was supposed to have a needle into her vein, but actually the needle went, I think, through the vein. Hey, it went through the vein. And so when they squirted stuff, they just squirted stuff into her body, but not into the vein, which was kind of a good thing for her because then her body responded like it should, and then Nathan came because they wanted to put some stuff in to do something, I can't recall, whatever it was supposed to do. But uh, what was it supposed to do again? To stop contractions, yeah. And because uh, we, uh, we, we prayed for natural birth, but then they said at the end, they said, Auntie, this ain't going to work. So we had to dress in that lacquer suit, that, that green suit with the mask and the cuppy and the shoes over your shoes and stuff like that. And we were about to go in and I was praying. I said, like, I speak to Nathan. I said, Nathan, you must come out, Papa. And uh, so thankfully, thankfully, they missed the vein. But we don't want to miss the vein of God. We don't want to do that. We want to we wanna be in that place. So whatever is in God, we want. We don't want to miss it at all. So posture your heart with me that we can go for it. Um, Shanae, do you have that pranky that Marilyn sent you perhaps? Is, uh, sorry? With Eleni Steen. Okay, cool. Okay, that's fine. So there's this picture um, that I don't know if you guys saw it. It was about a week or two ago that it says that Wellington is the hottest place on the planet. Did you see that? And, um, and guys were like, jeez, man. And you would get phone calls and messages from people all over like, hi, shame, are you guys okay? You know, like, don't go out today. You know, stay indoors, close windows, close curtains, just, you know, hatches down. And, uh, but when I read it, something leapt in me. Now, I don't want to say it's the Lord. Um, I hope it's the Lord, but I don't want to, you know, call something the Lord's like, hey, I didn't say that. <laughs> so I don't want to put this on the Lord. But even if it's not of the Lord, I'm contending for it. And this is what I felt when I saw this, that Wellington, the hottest place on the planet. And I feel it's almost like God put Wellington on the map of the world. That everyone, if you didn't know where Wellington was, you only thought of Wellington, New Zealand. Now you know that there's another Wellington in South Africa. And this little dorpy nestled away, like in obscurity almost. And, uh, and when I read that, I felt like God is almost saying, watch this space. Watch this space. I'm going to do something that the people already know where this place is. So when they hear of it again, then they know where it is. So that's my desire. I hope it's the Lord's desires. I can't put it on Him. But I trust and I contend for because um, something leapt inside of me. Now, it might just be my extrovertness that leapt in me, but I really trust, Lord, I will contend for this. And I want to ask you to contend with me, like, Lord, come and do something. I don't want to miss this vein. I don't want to miss this. I want to do this. I want to do this in you. So, um, so we don't have that pranky, but uh, I'm sure most of you guys have seen that. And uh, so every culture, every, um, you know, every nation has something um, like an cup, a character trait about every nation. There's something. If you think of the British, 
you think of, you know, tea, you know, our conservative, you know, we drink tea. You think of the Germans, you know, you think of they meticulously, the, all their products work well, they aren't, everything is just clockwork, you know. If you think of the Americans, yeah, we've got the biggest burgers, and, you know, they're loud. And all we had lunch uh, with Americans from the 412 church uh, last weekend, and, um, and exactly that. They told us just, the, we've got the biggest burgers, man, and we've got this and that and the sauce and all this stuff. And they're loud and big and stuff like that. So, um, so every nation, is there's something about them, you know. But if I think of the... Um, so if you're from a different nation tonight, you know, this great, you know, it's a multinational church, it's great. But there's something like in the, in the Afrikaans thing that I want to kind of like find us tonight. So, and it doesn't mean normally just for you Afrikaans speaking, but there's something in the nation of South Africa that happened years ago that is still very, very, very apt in our day where we see it. It's really happening all around us, and maybe even in you and me. And that is the thing where South Africans are known for their pride, their trots, my land, my flag, my lead kind of a vibe, eh? And you can hear it, like if you ever watch the rugby. Like, and it's like suddenly like this, this roar that comes, you know, it's like, my tall, my rugby ball, it's like my bride place, like don't touch thy vibes, you know? It's like, and suddenly there's, it just rises up in us, you know, and woo, swing, you need them. Sorry, cattles, let me just put it on the one that is around my waist. There we go. Okay. And uh, so, so the thing is, is that, that I feel that the Lord wants to touch that tonight, that there is something of a pride that the Lord, the Lord actually opposes pride. He has no delight in it. And it doesn't mean we become this weakling that we shrivel up in a corner and, oh, woe is me, I'm so sorry that I exist kind of a thing. No, that's, that's, that's not humility at all. Um, humility is, is a confidence in God's ability, not a confidence in my own ability, because that will be pride. So our confidence is in Him and what He wants to do. And uh, so we're gonna, we can turn to our Bibles in Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 to verse 11. And it's from the NIV. It says, Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with these practices and have put on the new self. So there's something in your Christian walk, if I can just pause there, something in Christian walk is you need to lay down. There's certain stuff that we used to do that we don't do anymore. Now, whatever you did, maybe before you came to Christ, maybe you had a verschrikkelijke bad temper and you just, man, you just flew off the handle at every opportunity. Maybe before you came to Christ, there was where you maybe were very greedy and you were very stingy. And that was before Christ. Now you come into Christ, so you need to lay down that greed. You need to lay down that bad temper, but not just lay down. You need to take up a new, your new nature in Christ. It can't just be laying down as you need to take up. And sometimes we as Christians, we lay down so much but we never take up our new identity. We still think of ourselves as the old man. But we need to take up in Christ, who you are in Christ. Now, we're not self-centered. We're not like, uh, I, you know, universe revolves around me. It doesn't revolve around us. It revolves around God. So we need to put eyes upon Jesus. But there is a laying down, and then there's a taking up. 
And then verse 10, they have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of his creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, I don't know how to pronounce that word, uh, sorry? Scythian, Scythian. wow. Um, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. So our focus is Christ. So whatever your nature was, whatever we used to be like, is for us to lay it down. So tonight, if you're Afrikaans, yes, you are Afrikaner, yes, you're born in South Africa, whatever, but I'm a citizen of heaven. We are new in Christ. If you were born somewhere in another country, and you may be, you, you Dutch, because we know we've got some Dutch people here, some Dutch friends. Yes, you are Dutch, because you were born in Dutchland. And uh, in Holland, <laughs> in uh, Netherlands, you were born there. But, uh, but yet you're a citizen of heaven. So we lay down our rights and say, this is who I am. A free, I'm a Jew, I'm a Gentile, I'm circumcised, and I'm circumcised, I'm this, I'm that. You know, this is my heritage kind of thing. No, we lay it down. We're now in Christ. And we need to lay down so that we can lay hold of what God has for you. Have you ever tried to be at two places at once? I know in a movie, I've seen a movie once, I can't remember the name of it, I, I tried to f think of it, but I remember this, uh, this girl, um, I think she had cancer, but this guy still married her, like, if you guys can remember that. Uh, no. That was another one. Yeah. And this is, and on her bucket list was, she wants to be, she wants to be in two places at once. And then her boyfriend, like she's frail and stuff, and he takes her in America somewhere where there's, the states come together and there's a border. And he, she stood there and he says you can be in two places at the same time. She was in the one state and in the other state. Can you remember that story? Can you remember that movie? A walk to remember. Sure, I didn't remember that one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. A walk to remember. Okay, sorry. As I said, it wasn't. It is. Just in that place, in two places. But normally you can't be. You can't be, you can't be having a nine-to-five job at PEP, selling clothes there, and have a nine-to-five at the same time at Ackermans and sell clothes there. It doesn't work. You'll need to let go of PEP and embrace Ackermans. You just have to do it. You can't, you can't be in two places at the same time. You can't live in two houses at exactly the same time. You might have a house and have a holiday house, but you can only live in one house at a time. So we can either let go of our old ways and lay hold of Christ and what He has for me, or I'm going to hang on to my rights and how I want to do it and not. You can look at what God has for you. And tonight during worship is going to look a bit different. And you can say, I'm used to worshiping a certain way. When I worship, I do it this way. Maybe it's still you're holding on to this. And you'll see other people worshiping, maybe in the freedom of Christ. And you maybe look at this and you see that. And just because you look at it, maybe you feel like I, ha I have laid hold of what Christ has laid hold of for me. But I'm actually still, I'm holding you. I'm just looking there. I haven't let go. I haven't let go of my old ways. And the Bible says that Jesus wants to take us to strength to strength and glory to glory. He doesn't want us just to camp where we are. So the Lord 
has something for us, not just tonight, but I feel definitely some, the Lord wants to do something tonight, but we need to let go and grab hold of what Christ has for you. If you don't, you cannot hold on to, take hold of what Christ has for you. You cannot, and I cannot. So what is our choice? Are we going to do the same thing which we did last year, the way we served the Lord? Then we're going to get the same results. But if we lay down our lives in a way that is honoring to our King, then you'll see something different. You won't be the same. You cannot be the same. When you encounter Jesus in that dynamic, you can never be the same again. And that's what we want. We want to go from strength to strength. We want to go from glory to glory. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. It says that we need to be imitators of Christ. And I cannot see Christ in any way. Be imitators. So I cannot see Jesus holding on to the past and holding on to that stuff. He let go. He was a child. Even Paul writes about it and says, When I was a child, I used to think like a child. I used to reason as a child. But now that I'm grown up, that's different. So there is a, a maturing in us. And what is there that we need to lay down in our own lives to lay hold of that which Christ has for us? It's far more precious. It's far more precious. Things, you get into trouble, big trouble, if you try to do, the Bible even says you can't serve two masters. Don't try this at home or anywhere else. Don't even think of it. But if you, if you want big trouble in little China, then be in a relationship with one person and then start a relationship at the same time with another person. That is problema. Like I'm sure in your head is like, Agira o a club. It's like you cannot do it. It's, like, it's unthinkable. But yet we do it in the spiritual. Yet it's so easy for us to have a relationship with the world and love the world. And in the natural, it, it will, it's, it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable. It's like even if you had to watch a movie, which, which I'm not a big movie guy, so I can't really quote too many movies, except for Finding Nemo and Walk to Remember, and, and that's kind of where it stops. And uh, so, but... But, but it's like you would want to smack a guy through the TV or that girl say, how can you, how can you do that? Or you've got a friend or, or it's like do this double vibe. You will say, are you crazy? You cannot do it. It is so wrong. So already inside of you, you know it is wrong. So let's pull it right through into our relationship with the Lord and say, God, I cannot love the world. Because the Bible says if we love the world, you cannot love God. And what does that love look? <laughs> okay, English, you can do it. <laughs> Get my second breath in English. Um, so, what is that? What does it look to? What What does it look like for you? What do you need to lay down before the Lord to grab hold of what He has for you? Second Corinthians five, seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And that's something to contend for. Absolutely something to contend for. 
We need to let go. We need to like. And uh, it's, it's like I'm, I'm feeling like I'm, it feels like now as I'm sharing, it feels like man, like when I was preparing for this man, I was preaching it to myself and felt like I was like eating the, 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 the vein. Like I actually went to the room and I said to Mary Lane, like, no way, no way. I'm like eating it. Like I, I can feel it in the spirit. I can feel it. It's like, and I want you to, to position your heart in a way to say, Lord, I want that. I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ. I cannot love the world anymore. I cannot embrace that stuff in the past. You need to let go. The way we did stuff in the past, if anything, the way we need to look at our lives and say, is it glorifying Jesus? Is Jesus, whatever Jesus laying hold of for us? Let's quickly go to that scripture. The Afrikaans say, says it so differently. Um, where is that? In, this is in Corinthians. Um, oh. uh, is it 2 Corinthians 3.18? Is that one? Break the Lord's glory and being transformed into his likeness, ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. No, it's not that one. It's another, sorry, Shone. Let's, let's find the scripture. Um, oh, I can't. No, I can't find it now. But it is of a letting go. We need to lay down everything that grieves the Father, everything that, that grieves the Holy Spirit. And in worship tonight, I want you to look at your heart, posture your heart before the Lord and say, Lord, come Lord and show me that stuff that is stopping me, that stuff that I'm still holding onto that I need to let go of so I can grab hold onto what you have for me. There's more for us in the Lord. I normally say that God is a big God. He has big he must have big clothes, so he has big sleeves, so there must be lots. Like God has something up his sleeve, so there must be lots that can fit in his sleeves. So there's much more for us to contend. Don't settle for the crumbs. Don't settle for that little bit. But there's more in Christ. Contend for that. What do you want in the Lord? And, uh, and the thing, just going back to that pride thing, Jesus said something interesting to his disciples. He said, his disciples wanted to cast out devils and the devils didn't respond and this guy came to jesus because his his, uh, his son was epileptic and he said to jesus your disciples couldn't cast out these devils and jesus cast out the devils and jesus then said to his disciples some of these demons don't come out except through prayer and fasting and some of the things in our lives we need to come before the lord through prayer and fasting there's something that happens that when we fast, in the, in, in the day and age that we're living in, we want everything now and we want it our way. But when you fast, what it teaches you, you cannot have your way and you will not have it now. And that breaks something open over your life that will set you apart from the world. Because I want food and I want it now. And some of us will say, like, I will die if I don't have food. Now you can, you can go for a while without food unless there's some kind of a medical reason for it. But we can go without food for a long time. And I want to encourage you, when last did you come before the Lord with prayer and fasting for that stuff in your life that is holding you back from what God has for you? If you find yourself that you want it, because the, the essence of, of pride is I want it. 
just like Lucifer. He looked at God and he said, I want that. And he grasped for that. But then he fell. Jesus was equal with the Father. And he didn't grasp. The Bible says he humbled himself. But when he humbled himself, Jesus was exalted. God exalted Jesus. So that is the thing of pride will hold us back from what God has for us. It was the same sin, that original sin that was in Satan's heart, in Lucifer's heart. And that you and me will like come before the Lord and break that stuff. Some of the stuff in your life will not break unless you pray and fast. It will not. It will not. And have you contended for that in the Lord? And I want to ask you as, as a church to contend with us in that and praying and fasting and calling out to the Lord and say, Lord, will you come and do something in our lives and in our congregation and in our town, God, in our nation, God. Come, God. Come, God. Come, God. And mean business with the Lord. Jesus didn't say, if you fast. He says, when you fast. And he says, when you pray. So I want to encourage you guys to lay those things before the Lord. I want, I, like, go. And I know sometimes we, we fast, like, social media. We sometimes fast. I'm not going to go to the gym. And, and, and maybe it is like that. Maybe you're so fixated over your body. And you're so fixated that, you know, I need to look so nice. And I need to look so mean and lean and I, whatever. And, 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 and you need to fast your gym. So that because I'm so afraid because if people see me that I've picked up a bit of weight or someone sees me that I've moved down from a six-pack to a four-pack or something like that and people see that, then people think less of me. So yes, you need to fast your gymming. Absolutely. You need to do that. If you're a social media freak and you're on your phone all the time, you're always checking out the latest news, you want to check it out and, and check what's on Facebook and check, check, check all the time. So if you need to fast that, that's great. You need to do that. But I also want to encourage you, unless there's a medical reason that if you go out without food that you're going to be with the Lord in that, then of course, then, you know, trust the Lord for healing as well. But the thing is that most of us can fast. Most of us can lay those things down. And some of the stuff you'll have never, you won't have breakthrough in life unless you break the things back through prayer and fasting. And you will see it. You will see it in your life because you would decrease as you see Him increase. Your body will fight for its right. And it says, I want food and I want it now. And you better give it to me. And you'll take charge. And, and that, your body, it, it, it tunes you. It dictates to you what your actions should be. And you will rise up above it and say, no, I will not. I want to. I really want to. But I'm not. I'm not going to. Paul says, I've beaten my flesh into subjection. So, um, there's something that we lay ourselves down. Paul actually writes and he says, I, when he says, you know, when he speaks about all this stuff, all the trials, and how he's been beaten, everything like that, he says, I've gone with food many times. And just after that, he says, and fasting. So there's sometimes you go without food because you have nothing. And we've been there. We know what it's like. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where we deliberately lay that aside. You say, Lord, come and do this in me. And I use my tummy as an alarm. That's a good alarm. Your first three days, your tummy screams at you every second of the day. And it's like, thank you, you're reminding me to pray. You're reminding me why am I, why am I abstaining from food? Why am I doing this? And I come before, and so it's constantly praying, constantly praying. And don't worry, for those who haven't fasted, after three days, your body will relax. Your body will start to sink. And yet, about five days, you will feel like, 
it's okay. You can actually feel like I can actually, I can carry on like this. So, and I'm telling you in the times that I fasted before the Lord, and uh, man, the breakthrough that has come has been incredible. Now, faith is not in the fasting. Our faith is in Jesus. But it's something of where you learn to say no to the flesh. Because that's the thing, actually, that is driving many of our sins, all of our sins, is our flesh. I want to do it. I want to watch that porn. I want to skinner. I want to look there and look at that girl or look at that guy lustfully. I want to crave, you know, like the box and the glory and whatever. And that's the flesh. And if we can learn to crucify that flesh. And one of the ways, not the only way, and, uh, is through laying it down and through fasting. And that is Matthew, those who are taking those, Matthew 6, verse 16 and 17. That's when Jesus says that when you pray, when you fast, it's not an if you, it's Jesus, he says, when you do these things, that's how you should do it. And uh, Matthew 7, 21, that's where what I spoke about, the demons only come out through prayer and through fasting. Certain breakthrough only get through prayer and fasting. Elise, where's Elise? Elise, I mind them. Now, I believe there's something that the Lord wants to do tonight, even further than what He's done so far. And uh, I believe there's something He wants to do in our town. I believe there's something He wants to do in our nation. But it doesn't come cheap. It doesn't just come by, well, I'm just going to carry on with life as normal. We can't do life as normal. If we do the same what we did yesterday or last year, we're going to get the same results. That's it. But there's more in Jesus. And what are you going to settle for? What are you going to, are you happy of where you are? But the Bible says that, that, that we're going from strength to strength and glory to glory. The cloud is moving and there are times that it stopped. The cloud stopped and the Israelites stopped. But man, when that cloud moved, the Israelites had to pack up and go. Where are you stuck? In which area of your life are you stuck in that you need to move and God is calling to move? And I'm not talking geographically. Only it could be that that God is calling you to a nation or God is calling you somewhere. That's a different story. But where are you stuck? Where in your life are you stuck that you need God to come through? And we all have those places. None of us have arrived. I have not arrived. I have definitely not arrived. And I'm contending for stuff in my own life like, Lord, there must be more. So what are you contending for? What, what is holding you back from serving Jesus like radically? And what happens if you pour yourself out so much and the Holy Spirit comes and fills us so much that tongues of fire breaks out and the wind of His Spirit breaks out among us and the supernatural erupts in our lives and things happen. And imagine they say that place, Wellington, that it said it was the hottest place on the planet. It is now spiritually the hottest place on the planet. Something is happening in Wellington. Like, don't you want that? Don't you want to contend for that? 
I mean, like, I signed up when I served Jesus. It cost me. It was costly to follow Jesus, and it is still costly to follow Jesus because this flesh is a muhu. This flesh just wants his own thing. Flesh is like, like, like pride wants to rise up, and it wants to have his own way, and I've got to crucify that thing and say, no, it's not about you. It's not how great you can do what you can do. It, Jesus must have the glory, and then pride wants to come and have his way and have to crucify that thing. And sometimes jealousy wants to come up, and it's like, it's like, and I've got to lay it down and crucify the thing, but I thought I did it then. But now this thing comes, it's like, where do you come from? It's like, I thought I've dealt with you. And then come before the Lord again and said, Lord, I need to crucify that thing. But what happens, guys, if the Holy Spirit moves so mightily in us? Imagine a revival starts. Imagine that, like, as in contend for that. Don't contend for a little low thing. When you go in for a, for, for a job interview and they give you this low salary or whatever, you want to contend for that because you feel like, I've studied, I've learned, you know, I, I, I would love to have that kind of a salary. That, I would love that. And like, what do you want in the spirit? Do you come to the Lord and say, oh Lord, um, oh, oh Lord, it would be so nice. You know, just a little bit, you know, I've got a, a, uh, this one area, you know, I still sickle with swearing, but, you know, I hope you can help me with this kind of a thing. The Lord wants to do much more than that. He wants to help you with that too, yeah. But don't, there's more in Jesus. And that's what we're going to contend for tonight, is there's more in Jesus. Where are you that that you are stuck and you want to come before the Lord? And, uh, And it might be a little bit uncomfortable for you. Maybe you're not used to this. Maybe it will freak you out a bit. And when I say freak you out, is I'm going to ask you guys, no, no, not yet. We're going to move the chairs away. Or maybe you've never been in a church who moves your chairs. Normally, the chairs are stuck to the ground. Now, you, now we're going to move it, and then you're going to stand there. Normally, I have something to hold on to, and now I've got nothing to hold on to. So that will really like help me. It's like my training wheels have been removed. Now, now what? Now what? Kind of a thing. It's okay. The father's right there. It's like when I taught my kids to ride bicycle, when they rode, when we took the wheels off. Man, I ran behind them. I held onto that seat. I did, like, I want to like, catch them. And so the father is here. And if it's weird, you know, it's okay. He's here. If you feel I'm the only one, everyone is like experiencing Jesus. I'm not. And Jesus loves going after that one. He loves it. That's it's part of his heart. So and as we position ourselves in worship, don't like... Now, okay, who's looking? Kind of like, what am I going to do after this? Yes, man, I still have all this work to do. I was remembered to do this. Oh, I switched on the light. I was remembered to switch off the light. Yeah, I was remembered to send a message there. Like, let go. Let go. Like, lay it down. Just say, I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to, Jesus, I'm going to focus on you, Lord. Because you are worthy. And you want to do something in us. And I believe that. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus wants to do something. Yeah. Church, not, not as usual. We can't settle for usual. We can't settle. We've got to go. So if we can ask us,